0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
1: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., to catch it, he did Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Fandraft. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel of com. Sean, we are into the second show of the week. Today's one, we are going to be talking about a pros versus Joes basketball championship article that Curtis Patrick has up on the website as they quest for a championship in 2020. It's an article detailing the kind of the run between himself and uh, Ryan McDowell as they draft in the pros versus Joes on the FFPC. So looking forward to going through that. There's lots of intriguing parts that we can jump into. It's gonna be a two-part series, we'll be talking about part one on today's show uh, an action-packed show sean earlier this week but uh looking forward to this one as we we dive into some more draft strategy
0: yeah it's always great to go through these drafts and, and not just specifically to look at the players picked but why they were picked and who you should consider picking when you're on the clock in those spots very very relevant discussions right now uh, the one that jumped out to me early for the discussion here uh in terms of curtis and ryan Preparing for their pros versus Joe's best ball league was that in the second round, uh, one of the guys they had a little bit red flagged and they were not going to take was DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, that just kind of flashed me back to our show on Tuesday when we talked about these guys who had the wider zero one finishes. And listeners of that show will be ready for this to an extent, but uh, today's FFPC stat attack is going to focus on DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins and Antonio Brown are the only players with three appearances in the wide receiver top 20 for the last five years right so the the 20 best individual player seasons from the last five years Uh, deandre hopkins has three of those and he's the only guy who's been the overall wide receiver one twice he managed that in 2017 and 2018 and hopkins over the last five years has finished fourth 29th first first and fifth and currently he's going as the wide receiver four in ffpc formats I think that's right in the range that he should be going and uh, could even obviously get ahead of that. But the top three guys, not guys that you're necessarily going to uh, be fading either. Uh, We'll look at that. We'll look at that in the context of what Ryan and Curtis were looking at for their draft. And certainly uh, we like this FFPC format
1: yeah it's it's going to be interesting to look through here obviously the ffpc is the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty Baseball and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join the league head on over to my ffpc.com that's my ffpc.com and of course check out all those tools up on the road of his website specifically for FFPC domination sean you kind of teased it there a moment ago you mentioned you know that they were going to 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 dodge away from the situation and and not taking uh deandre hopkins you mentioned it was something that kind of caught you by surprise is that like it doesn't sound like that's something that you're going to have in any of your your strategies moving forward
0: well, uh, Hopkins is tricky because he's he's starting to get uh, to be a little bit older. I've talked about how my redraft teams usually look like rebuilding dynasty rosters and uh, you know, Hopkins is, doesn't necessarily fit that. And he's got the changing teams. We talked about on Tuesday, we've talked about in the past how the changing teams does uh, bring you a little bit of risk. Those guys tend to not perform the way that you would have expected especially for the elite receivers it's hard to maintain that same level of production when they switch teams and that's one of the reasons why uh, ryan and curtis were looking somewhere else in round two and one of the fun things about about looking at this obviously curtis we know how good he is ryan mcdowell one of our favorite people in the fantasy community in the last couple of seasons in this, they've had a lot of success in this format. Uh, 2018, they finished 14th overall out of 72 teams, 2019, they finished uh, 10th overall out of 72 teams. And when we're talking about out of 72 teams, you're talking about some of the best experts in the industry and some of the best high stakes players in the industry so i mean these are loaded events Uh, finishing in the top 15 twice very very impressive although of course when we talk about curtis and ryan i don't think that uh, really surprises us now they ended up here with the fourth overall pick and they decided to do what i think most of us are wanting to do in 2020 drafts and that's basically to take the best running back that falls Uh, do you have any concerns or any thoughts about this approach with the fourth pick or is that very fairly straightforward?
1: No, for the fourth pick that's that's pretty straightforward. I think maybe if you start to get to the fifth pick and certainly the sixth pick, you know we're going to probably start to look in a different direction but I think if you have one of those first four I'm pretty happy with the kind of the top four running backs I think that's pretty pretty good to go and obviously when they look at it, um, it the interesting thing and the, the cool thing about it is Curtis has even clipped out uh, some of the the text messages that were being shot back and forth between the two of them um, and we can see from it with that fourth pick they started to talk about strategy and what they were going to do land a top uh, running back at the start and then luck then maybe to get a an R B in the second round as well or to to head on over and get themselves that wide receiver one at the back end uh you know off off the second round. So they're looking at Alvin Kamara at that point, Sean. For me, I think probably clear as the, the fourth choice out of those four running backs, but a player uh that i'd be very very happy to to get in this format um obviously there was a, like last last season was a down season from what we'd expect it going into it but still still a very solid season overall um somebody who's always fun to watch but as kamara uh your consensus at that spot on un- unless obviously somebody fell and somebody <laughs> somebody jumps out into the box with what they're doing in those first three picks but is he the player that you'd be jumping on at number four no surprises there
0: yeah i think he's a no-brainer at that slot He's the player who, if he stays healthy, if the Saints do what we think we they should do, and if he finds the end zone a little bit more, uh, if McCaffrey is knocked off balance a little bit by the changes there in Carolina, Camara certainly has the potential to finish as that overall top player in fantasy this year. Then wrapping around into the second round, they had some interesting choices, and I think these choices are interesting maybe specifically because I might have gone in the other direction. They talk about six guys, three players that they didn't want, three players that they're hoping to get but will probably be gone i might almost have these reversed now the three players that they thought might make it but they didn't want aaron jones clyde edwards alaire deandre hopkins whom we mentioned in the intro and this occurred obviously right before uh, damian williams opted out i think edwards alaire probably would have been a pretty straightforward pick if that if the timing had been just a little bit different there. But Aaron Jones, we're seeing this a lot where people are concerned about his touchdown rate from last year and concerned about the presence of A.J. Dillon, uh, one of the players they wanted and didn't think would get to them and, in fact, did not. Uh, We also have their actual draft here. Uh, Austin Eckler, how do you compare these two guys? The range of outcomes tool, for example, doesn't know that A.J. Dillon is joining the Packers doesn't know that Joshua Kelly is joining the Chargers or that Melvin Gordon is leaving, but it it really gives the advantage to Aaron Jones. And I think there are potentially some reasons why uh, his scoring from last year and how much it might fall, I think that might be overstated.
1: I think it's over I think it was maybe on last week's show we talked about. You know, I think AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones can both be productive. I think the loser probably in this situation is Jamal Williams. Um, I think that what we're going to see that Packers is going it's going to be a committee approach. But I think Aaron Jones is the clear number one in that committee. Whether they sign him after the season or whether they part ways, I think he's still going to be the number one this season. I think then depending on what happens with his contract situation, Dillon might take that step forward next year. But I think Dillon can be a you know we talked about zero RB candidates. I think he be that i think he can have standalone value and i think Aaron jones can still have value at that point uh, i think it's like i i think they're pretty close um you know in terms of i think eckler's been seen on the upwards trajectory because the guy who would have been in front of him at this time last year in Melvin garden is gone Aaron jones is the lead guy but he has somebody kind of who's been drafted high in the NFL draft and is a little bit closer but we've talked about it a couple of times on the show and I've heard other podcasts mentioned over the last couple of weeks and that's the the rookies and how much influence they get how much they get to gel we you kind of touched on it with the Lions on the show earlier this week Is you know how how much training time do they get as a team and does that affect the rookie and AJ Dillon Um, you know getting the trust with Aaron Rodgers so i think both of those guys are a lot closer to be honest if i was picking from this list i would have uh chubb would probably be the the, the lower the the list but in terms of like deandre hopkins julio jones eckler uh edward Solaire, and then uh, you know jones I, i'd be pretty pretty happy to add add any of those guys to the roster um is there the, the one obviously we've talked about is chubb and the, the fear with uh hunt and you know the ability for him to get that ppr work um is he, would, would you feel similar in that list or is there anyone else on that list that you wouldn't be happy with I'd be pretty happy overall with with any of those I wouldn't I'd say to Chubb I, I wouldn't really have any of them on the not not draft list
0: yeah so there are players they thought would be gone or hoping would fall were Jones Eckler and Chubb mm-hmm. I, Chubb is not someone I'd be hoping fell to my spot I would hope that he would be picked and push some guys yeah. down when you look at the scoring differences between Chubb and Hunt last year Uh, once Hunt started playing very very minimal difference Hunt has uh, the advantage in terms of those high value touches and Hunt probably also has the advantage in terms of what would happen if one of the two of them got hurt I mean either one of them would benefit from an injury to the other but Hunt would benefit even more in that we've seen Chubb in that offense without Hunt he scores more points he does get up to that running back one uh, say the, the the bottom half of the running back one tier or the middle of it yet they're still going to use some other guys to catch passes if hunt gets out they're going to use other guys at running back if chubb goes down they probably will use some other players uh, for those early down touches but those touches don't score any points anyway right i mean kareem hunt could be the guy who comes out and you know finishes as the the second third fourth running back in the entire league in any stretch of time when chubb is out and so i would definitely be looking to take hunt later as opposed to chubb here that was one of the other scenarios that they were talking about
1: before we get into the second half of the show want to let you know about our friends over at bet online sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball is back and there's no better place to start betting and wagering than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with the return of sports bet online has sat down with a number of former pro players including eddie george harold reynolds and seven-time nba champ robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use the promo code BLUEWIRE, that's all one word, BLUEWIRE, to receive your welcome bonus when you sign up to BetOnline. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We're getting ready for fantasy football draft season. Are you ready to take your fantasy football league to the next level when it comes to drafting? You can do that with FanDraft, the online fantasy football draft board. FanDraft makes your draft feel like an actual nfl draft with features such as a streaming ticker live draft clock custom logos walk-up songs and multiple draft board displays and more one of my favorite features that i've tested out is that they can also be used in person drafts by exporting the display and using a projector or a large tv screen for the whole league to enjoy i've just been testing these features and use them in my own drafts when it comes up to the time uh, it just looks fantastic a really fun element to add to your draft it can also be used fully online and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely fan also supports IDPs rookie only drafts keepers and just about any customization to meet your league requirements You can sign up for a free trial at Fandraft.com. When you're ready to go and order a pro account, make sure you use the promo code rotoviz 15 to save 15% off your purchase. But you can also get on board, set things up with that free trial account, have a tour around and see what you think. Fandraft.com, bring your league to that next level.
0: A couple of their guys that they were looking at, and it's interesting to go in and you can load up the Rotoviz ffpc exposures and adp tools for a variety of different formats we have them all covered here the pros versus joes goes to the slim format and it's surprising i think to pull that up and realize that chris godwin is someone you would expect to be available a lot of times the 209 he was someone they had on their list they also mentioned the two quarterbacks patrick mahomes and lamar jackson and then the final player who really fit what they were looking to do was Mark Andrews out of those four guys they were more likely to get do you have a favorite
1: I think it's interesting at this point I think Godwin is the, the favorite there uh, I know you, you're you you like Mark Andrews he's somebody who I'm trying to get one of those guys at the earlier point rather than waiting to this so I'm trying to get one of the top two guys um, but Chris Godwin intrigues me I would be reluctant to, to pull the trigger on either of the quarterbacks at that point and even as they talked about if they get back to them at the the later round and and the third round i probably would still be very reluctant there at that point it's interesting at this stage where this is where knowing people's rankings and knowing where people fit into things when you're drafting with people who share their rankings so mike tagliere is obviously in this ranking uh, in this league as well and he's drafting pretty close to them so they mentioned that mike tagliere was easy to know who he kind of would like to get because his rankings are posted publicly a bit like both guys in the draft so they were trying to to figure out that strategic element as well as the who they could let go to try and get back then uh, you know at a later point so it's, it's interesting the one there sean i would ask you about is uh would you be taking andrews over godwin and then secondly would you be targeting a quarterback at that point of the draft
0: yeah so it gets tricky here and i think in this specifically ffpc format with the tight end premium that that tight end becomes very very intriguing in the Rotoviz draft that we're doing that is not tied end premium, I had Andrews and Godwin basically dead even and was able to take Godwin in the second round and then with the third round reversal come back and get Mark Andrews uh, in this slot here. I was surprised you know, checking out and double checking the ADP to see that Godwin's often falling. He did not fall in this draft, which I, I think is actually the way that it should go. He was taken at the 202 and they did select Mark Andrews, which I think was the way to go. The interesting thing then was when it wrapped around to the 304, would they take one of the quarterbacks if they were there? I don't think that that's the right choice in these best ball formats. The other interesting thing is that Mike you mentioned uh, had the quarterback early, but did not take him, passed on it for Juju Smith-Schuster. And then their choices in the third round were to fade basically all of the running backs and uh, then start hammering the wide receivers. DJ Moore, one of our favorites, the guy they selected there.
1: Yeah, and when we look, you know, I mentioned, you know, Chris Godwin, like, you know, in this draft, that was a bit of a pipe dream. He went at the 202, so obviously he wasn't getting back to that uh, 209 spot. So Mark Andrews was the pick, as you mentioned, then DJ Moore was the next pick off the board. And between when they uh, looked at taking Mark Andrews, both of those quarterbacks actually did come off the board, um, which I would see, I'm sure, Sean, you probably think of a similar base on your answer, I would say as a plus, because obviously that's pushing that value down to you at the wide receiver or even at the tight end position. And um, then DJ Moore was the pick there. Um after that there then we had Zach Ertz, Allen Robinson, then a run on running backs then followed by a little bit of a run then on uh, wide receivers again so when it comes all the way back to them they they start to really commit at this point to that modified uh, zero rb kind of approach so they go with alvin kamara mark andrews dj moore next up at this point and this is almost turning into a dream scenario here for me in terms of this draft but we talked about it on the show earlier this week calvin ridley was on next uh, for them Um, sean when it gets into this point i know the next draft uh, round when it comes back then in the fifth round kareem hunt was somebody you mentioned earlier terry McLaurin was uh, who went for them based on kareem hunt going one pick before their pick i'm just in, interested in terry McLaurin versus kareem hunt hunt now going at the 503 spot in this draft do you think that's a fair value for hunt based on where you're thinking about taking him or would you obviously everyone would prefer to get players a little bit later but where's your kind of uh, pick that you're happy taking hunt at
0: I think it's tricky. I've come around to him more and more throughout the last month as I continue to dive into both what he has done, what the different scenarios are, you know, read great work by people like Curtis and a lot of the people I really respect in the industry are hammering him here, you know, a guy. Who are our, our ship chasing friends like. And so <laughs> he's moving up the board for me, but I still like him a little bit better when we're talking that round six, round seven range. Now I know that we have to adjust for the ADPs of the format we're doing. Right. So the league that I'm participating in with the Rotovist guys, I was able to take Devin Singletary at the tail end of round six, Kareem Hunt at the beginning of round seven. That's really where I like those guys, and doing that after you have five wide receiver tight end players first. I think if you start with a little bit of a zero running back or a modified zero running back build, say uh, what I like to call the one, the single elite running back, construction then uh, especially for me to take someone like a Kareem Hunt in that range I think is a little bit early because once I have an Alvin Kamara I really want to load up on those wide receivers and make sure that I'm balancing those things out and so in this draft when you start with Kamara and then you have Mark Andrews so you don't have a wide receiver for the first two rounds we know that isn't uh, a nail in the coffin in 2020 but you do then have to make sure that you're going after the wide receivers and what they've done here to get more ridley and mclaurin i think that sets them up perfectly and is really a better scenario for them than if one of their running back targets had proved you know too difficult to resist
1: yeah no i agree and it's just i was just intrigued to see because i know we both like hunt uh quite a bit and you know i'd be i'd love to i would love to have him on every roster heading into the season but i know it's not really gonna be possible based on how that adp continues to creep up uh it's becoming a little bit like people now at this point you're having to take that reach on him if you want to get him on your rosters um because there is that talk around him at the moment uh then Terry McLaurin who we talked about um on the show earlier this week so a really nice core coming there at the wide receiver position it wraps all the way back around then um and then Kyler Murray is their pick in the sixth round now we've we talked uh, I think it was last week's show as well Sean talked about Kyler Murray in this range um you know it's in this range that you know the quarterback's Go in terms of that second tier Kyler, Dak, uh, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson I think all fair candidates in this range um, I think you know if I was I, I think I mentioned this I, I would be ranking them Kyler then Deshaun Watson then Russell Wilson then Dak Prescott but Prescott is generally going uh, as the second option I'd be pretty happy with Kyler here obviously if you can get him in the seventh round even better but if you want to make that step forward and get him um, you, you can make that step and get them there if you look at the players who go in that wraparound uh, they get Michael Gallup then uh, as the next wide receiver for them but Marquise Brown going in the next pick then AJ Green who Mike Tagliere took and we talked about last week as a player that we're, we're avoiding drafting but then we have Will Fuller, um, Tyler Boyd, Dak Prescott, Jarvis Landry so there's a couple of guys in there in Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd and Jarvis Landry that I would like to get but we did talk about Michael Gallup and his upside on last week's show. So with going uh Murray there and then getting back and getting Gallup, would you have thought maybe of going for the likes of Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller or Landry in that sixth round and then taking your pick off uh, the four options of that? You know how there's a you know, I mentioned the four quarterbacks. Would you have waited another little bit on quarterback there?
0: it's always a very different kind of analysis when you're looking at it in retrospect and you know which players were taken because there sometimes when you would go back and maybe do it differently the question here and the choice between murray and say prescott or watson is an interesting one and i think that in this specific draft it becomes more interesting because we know that that group in between the two picks was loaded with players that uh, we'd like at, at Rotoviz and then that I think Curtis really likes. So it'd be interesting to hear him talk about if he would have preferred to have Watson at the 704 instead of Murray at the 609, knowing that he lost basically all of his targets in between there. He talks a little bit in his, uh, strategy article the preparation article talking about how if you select a quarterback in the first five rounds your win rate historically has been very very low that does change a little bit in round six Kyler Murray does give you that huge upside uh, I think more upside than Prescott more upside than Watson even though we love those guys there. The real sweet spot for the quarterbacks is still going to be a little bit later even in the 6-7 round range, and that probably uh, gives you the most safety with your picks. I've talked about on several of the shows recently, including ours, that I like to pick the quarterbacks once my board has flattened out at running back and wide receiver, and I think that when we see Marquise Brown, who he'd mentioned as a target, Will Fuller, who always a best ball Uh, potential monster and then two guys we really like in terms of Tyler Boyd and Jarvis Landry I know a personal favorite of Curtis Uh, that makes it pretty difficult there now Gallup is an interesting consolation choice and someone who again like some of these other players we've talked about maybe sliding a little bit under the radar because of that selection of CeeDee Lamb because of this particular season gallup might have more upside than almost any other year uh, when in most cases even with how good he is he's going to be sandwiched between uh, amari cooper and lamb
1: yeah and i guess the last question on this round is and i know we have the hindsight of you know seeing the draft board and how it played out but when we look at on the way back in that uh, sixth round um so we have the pick of kyler murray looking at how the draft had played out previous to that we talked about lamar jackson and patrick mahomes the the person who actually has drafted lamar jackson was the next pick after curtis uh, and ryan then we had a, a team uh, and mike taglia with no quarterback at that point then you had the team that had drafted patrick mahomes um, and then you're coming back again so what has actually happened is the other teams that have taken a quarterback highly unlikely I would imagine to take a second quarterback in that sixth round or seventh round and then Mike Tagliere the only one without a quarterback at that point drafted Dak Prescott so I don't know about you Sean but if you were sitting down to evaluate this again I think I would have passed on Murray Uh, I would have expected the two teams not to draft a second quarterback at that point and if they did obviously (laughs) it's going to let some value still fall to you but I would have been going for one of the the trio from Fuller, Boyd and Landry at that point and then seeing how things shake out when it gets back to that seven oh four, would that be the way you would have looked at it in, in, in retrospect?
0: I think so. But I think if you wanted Murray here, then that's the place to take you him. You had to, to go for yeah, Two of those yeah. guys in that interim already had quarterbacks. So you're really only looking at one, but that's all it takes. And the, the guy who ha- did not have a quarterback yet did take Prescott. Perhaps Prescott would have been the pick over Murray, but I, I would suspect that Murray is the guy there. So then you really do drop down and – in terms of where they had these quarterbacks, they definitely were interested in those next three guys, but they had a gap between Murray and those players. If you like Michael Gallup, then it works out pretty well for you. Colm, I think the the next sort of interesting question, or it's certainly the next pick, but I, I think interesting in terms of how they put this draft together, Tarek Cohen, someone we have talked about on the show i've written about as someone i'm targeting as a discount austin eckler i love eckler but i just feel like you can't afford him in 2020 and cohen therefore is the target in almost all of my teams i have him in the fishbowl i have him in uh, my main drafts and best ball Uh, he's someone who may be my most owned player in 2020 in terms of redraft and yet Again, it's a situation where I think that in FFPC, I do like to take advantage of these wider receiver values that fall. And I'm skeptical about being, or I don't like this feeling of being pushed into taking a running back before I want to take him. I have Tarek Cohen as someone who's a target, but maybe not in the eighth round where you almost have to take him in this specific type of league. Cohen was their target in round eight. They selected him there. McCole Hardman's still on the board. What do you have for me?
1: I was gonna say I was gonna step in with uh, my prediction of, of who the pick you would have taken uh, could have been. I think McCall Hardman at that point, you know, how, how you've talked about, you know, building that core at the wide receiver. Um you have DJ Moore, you have Ridley at this point, you have McLaurin, you've taken your quarterback, then you've come back to Gallup. I, I would have went in with with McCall Hardman at that point. And you know, when we look at the the players then going in that range, you know, I think there's still a possibility and maybe maybe it wouldn't have happened. We might sneak uh, Tariq Cohen back I, I, I thought that the next wide receiver certainly off the board at that point was going to be McCall Hardman there wasn't another wide receiver taken after that for six picks um, and, and that's the way it, it seemed to be building in terms of how the draft now this is this is an interesting period and obviously Curtis is going to have the second part of this article coming out uh, might actually already be out by the time you're listening to this show so head on back to the website and see if it's there but when we look then after those rounds i think at this point you know eight through ten is the the round sean where it becomes a little bit murky Um, there's not as many players that we, you know you'd be highly excited about and you mentioned earlier but possibly even waiting a little bit longer on quarterback you know I, th- I think that could be an area there to pick up on on those quarterbacks but um, I, I think i would have been going for mccall hardman at that point and, and taking my chances then as it, as it wraps around the, the rest of the draft because a lot of those guys that you know we're we're targeting at the moment are in that kind of 10 through maybe 13 range and I think there was there was options there so I, I do like Cohen but still a little bit concerned about how much things fell off for him last year but at that point I, I would still be be going for McCole Hardman over Tariq Cohen
0: yeah, and it, certainly I don't think you can uh, necessarily go wrong there. Like I said, I mean, Colin maybe my yeah. most on player this year. That would be <laughs> a very, very minor criticism. As we come back around in round 9, 10, 11, then I absolutely love what they have done here. They've got three players who I think really solidify this team. They're able to get on Johnson in round 9. Uh, someone I, I think uh, offers you this potential to be – we, we flash back to what happened in 2015 where uh, Tevin Coleman, very, very trendy guy and not trendy for no reason, right? I mean, Tevin Coleman, big time playmaker, blazing speed, can take it to the house from basically anywhere on the field, uh, more athletic than Devonte Freeman. And at that point in time, when we'd seen what Devonte Freeman had done the previous year, I think it made sense to go with Coleman. And yet what happens freeman ends up as the overall running back one for that season now it was it was a very low scoring running back ones uh running back season in general and so it wasn't a running back one season like the seasons we're getting now but uh, still a situation where the incumbent actually ended up really paying off for fantasy owners i think carry on could do that there in detroit in round 10 they get zach moss who Uh, Just really kind of your dream round 10 player in terms of high value touches. And then at round 11, they get Drew Brees, uh, someone who scores very well in these best ball leagues. And I think paired with Kyler Murray now, you only have to take two quarterbacks and your quarterback scoring is probably going to be among the top two or three in the league
1: yeah very like drew Brees. you know you might have said there's some risk there with kyler murray but the taking drew Brees there just shores up that, that quarterback position and there's no real concern you're going to have a startable quarterback score pretty much every week moving forward then from that so really frees you up for the rest of your draft and that's what curtis will be talking about uh some of those picks as well but uh, the, the the final stages of the draft um and that second piece but you mentioned moss i know that's somebody you've liked a lot carry on johnson still i still have a lot of hope for carry on johnson and, uh, really loved him coming into the league just hasn't worked out all that well but again touched on it on the show on Thursdays I just have those slight concerns around the Lions and how that offense works and you know I, I like the pieces but it's just the pieces don't always seem to click together perfectly for them but a uh, really nice lineup that they've built through those opening uh, 11 picks and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it all finishes out in part two uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass with the code 2020RB Radio at checkout or check out rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. I mentioned it on the show earlier in this week obviously i'll give it a plug now we talked about curtis's piece uh sean and curtis along with scott barrett uh, of fantasy points did a basically a two-hour episode breaking down different strategies uh, draft strategies dynasty strategies on the reboot of the dynasty command center head on over and check out that show if you haven't already fantastic podcast you'll learn just so many different uh, pieces as you go through it really informative uh have to have to recommend that so head on over and check that out and without further ado that's going to do it for today edition of the podcast obviously you can give us a written review on your favorite podcast app helps us a lot here and of course my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over check out the great work sean is doing up on the website on a on a very very regular basis worth every uh, penny or i guess i pennies an old saying here (laughs) we don't even have pennies anymore we use cents as well so worth every cent that you uh, pay for your Rotoviz subscription Uh, check that out now on com. and until we're back next week with another show have a good one